This is episode 184 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today our guest is Sherry Clark. And Sherry will teach us how to face crisis in our life with grace and compassion so it actually become something positive, an awakening. Turning crisis into awakening. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image and food. It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Welcome back, ladies. Your fearless leader here, Stephanie Dodzier. And again, I have to thank you, ladies, for the amazing feedback of the last episode, 183. She's Beyond the Food, where I shared my journey with exercise and I debunked the fact that I got all my shit together and I'm perfectly exercising every single day. So, I'm not perfect. I guess that's the storyline here. But I shared with you how I became aware of the reason why I wasn't having a peaceful relationship with exercise and what I'm doing every day to rebuild my relationship with exercise. If you're struggling with exercise, go check it out. 183 is the last episode and uh, keep sharing your feedback. And yes, I did yoga this morning. I woke up around seven, put on my music, went on my math and did some movement and started my day with pleasure and fun. And I feel amazing. And I've been dancing a lot since then. So quick update on the going to beyond the food community. We have our Academy for the spring 2019 that's currently open for registration right up till April the 26th. We're taking registration. So if you're ready to go beyond the food, if you want someone to lead you through what you need to learn on how to make peace with food, your body and weight, come and join us inside of the Academy. The cool thing is that you start right away. Upon registration, you get Lesson one, we don't like hiddle time here and wasted time. So you get lesson one right away. So you can get started with your homework and all your exercise that we teach you. And we also give you access to Conquer Emotional Eating, which is our program that teach you about how to ride the wave of your emotion and emotional eating. So hopefully you can join us if it is the right fit for you. Now, today's interview was really interesting to me because how we turn crisis into awakening, for me, as I share in Podcast 183, it's kind of natural to me. I'm someone who don't hold grudges, that don't have resentment in her life, that came to me through my, my growing up, how I was taught by my parents to see crisis. I'm a fighter, as somebody can say. When I have a crisis in my life, I may be a victim of it for a couple days, but then I quickly go into solution mode. Let's 
figure it out, how we can get through this crisis, get through it, learn from it, and then move forward. But I know this is not something that is a skill set for all of you out there. And that's what I love about this interview with Sherry today is that she too has gone through major crisis in her life and was able to develop a model to help women move from crisis to awakening. So Sherry does that as her life purpose. She's a midlife courage coach. She also is a TV show host, and she helped women face crisis and turn this part of their life into an awakening. And she's going to share her story and how she moved from a very successful career in advertising. She owned her own marketing agencies, and she made the decision through life crisis to move into the field that she's in today. And she's going to teach us how to do that. And she's also going to take us through a powerful exercise to determine what a fulfilling life means for us individually, because it's different for all of us. So I'm looking forward to share this interview with you and for you, if you need it today, on how you can move from the crisis that you are in today to awakening. You ready? Let's do this. Hi, Sherry Clark. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you, Steph? Very good. Did I pronounce your name right? Sherry? Sherry, like the wine, and not, <laughs> not French, and I'm not even going to try your last name. <laughs> yeah. So we were just talking. I always check with my guests before I had to pronounce their name, and we agreed that I was going to give it the French accent thing. So Sherry, welcome to the show. We. Oui. <laughs> so we're going to get started first about your story, because I think it's a very interesting segment that's going to lead us into talking your mission with women and the work you do. But I think the starting point has to be your story and how you came to do this work with women in their quote, midlife crisis, and more on that later. But tell us about you. Okay, so I'm going to skip the first really early parts of life, because I've been around the sun enough times that it would make the show go too long. So let's pick up the story in, let's say, me being in my 40s. All right. And I'm owning an, a successful advertising agency, which I ended up owning for a period of 25 years. The first 11 years of those were with my business partner and life partner, a man. And at the end of 11 years, we split up the personal relationship. We kept the business going and it was a great business, but the personal part of it didn't work. Anyway, fast forward. I've owned it 25 years and it's ceased to be fulfilling. And it's ceased to be fulfilling over a period of time, a slow kind of chip, 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 like many of us have experienced in whatever we do in life. And I made the determination. Finally, there was one point, one moment, one deciding moment in time when I knew I had to go. And that moment was when I was sitting in a church service on a Sunday and the, the sermon, what topic, I could not even begin to tell you what it was. And it wasn't because the sermon was so engaging. It was because I happened to glance down at my watch and realized I had to be back at work in 24 hours and I owned the damn company. And the fact that that made me cry made me also realize that I had to do something. 
And that something ended up being me within 90 days telling my partner I was out and being gone and then deciding, okay, now I better figure out what the hell I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And that is how I ended up here, being a midlife courage coach. And I say that that's the term that I use because I think it takes guts to do what I did. I think it takes guts for anybody listening to live the second half of your life for you, because most of us women have lived the first half of our lives for somebody else. Amen to that. And people listening, and you know my story, it's almost the same as yours in the context of the corporate world instead of being in an entrepreneurship. And I can tell you, it's a load of courage because I remember sitting behind my desk and saying, what the heck am I doing? And what will I be doing with my life? It's scary. It shakes you to your core to have to make those decisions. It does. And, and if you think about it, it's not even just when you're in your alone times. When you go out in the public, if you're at a cocktail party, first question somebody asks you is, what's your name? Second question, what do you, you do? do. <laughs> and at the time I left the business, I was 53 years old. It wasn't like I could be like, I'm going back to school to get my master's. I already had a master's. I didn't have the luxury of acting like, oh, I was in between and I didn't get laid off. So it wasn't like it was a decision that was made for me. I freaking committed suicide. You know, I jumped off the cliff and damn, I'm glad I did. Yeah. So that's how the business name came in now fork in the road, I'm assuming, right? Absolutely. It actually started because the first thing that I thought I might do would be straight holistic food and lifestyle coaching. I wanted to be like a health coach. And I started doing that and it was fine. But what I realized, Stephanie, was that I didn't want to tell people to eat more broccoli and fewer Doritos because they didn't need to pay somebody money to do that. I knew that the issues weren't about not making good decisions. The issues were bigger and deeper and more because people were eating food that didn't serve them for a bunch of other reasons. And so that's why I expanded what I do to be life coaching because it's about your life. It's not about the food. For people not seeing me right now, I'm shaking my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's how we came together. We came to know each other in the world of internet because we believe in the same thing, believe that it's a deeper issue. My business is going beyond the food, yours is fork in the road. But at the end of the day, food or, quote, midlife crisis is just a superficial issue. Right. There is deeper core issue that are going on under the hood that drives those behavior or those symptoms in the physical body when it comes to menopause or midlife crisis. And if we want, and, and both of us being in the second phase of our life, we were not going to get into a business of putting band-aids on people and, and lying to them, right? Right. No, there's no joy in that no. for anybody. Ugh. So let's talk about that courageous moment in which you decided to let it all go to find fulfillment in your life, I guess. How was that period of decision and how did you surmount that courage to make that decision of letting go of that business? You know, when you were asking the question, I felt it physically. And so it lets me know that that's a deep question. And I, ha I have, I hope I can yes. answer. I think that when we're moving through 
parts of our life, we're moving either away from something or toward something. And for me, I wish I could say I was going toward, I wish I could say I had this new dream and this new vision and this great, great new thing. And I wanted to just run away and do it. And I didn't. What I had was pain. What I had was what felt like bondage. And here's the thing about it, Stephanie, like my business was wildly successful. It was 25 years old. The first time I broke the six figure mark was in the nineties. I don't even know how old I was. I was in my what 30. I don't know. I flew everywhere. First class. I wrote three books. I was well known, well regarded. I had my friends saying to me when I bitched and I bitched, I did, I, I'll own it about my life. And how I, I was tired of my business. And they'd say to me, honey, you're 53, just chill, hang in there, wait till you're 60, seven more years, you know, collect the whatever, blah, blah, blah. Retire. Yeah. Retired. Be, you know, and then, then live your life. And I was like, whenever anybody would say that to me, there were times I I swear, I probably threw a few F-bombs at them and said, this is my life. My life is now nothing is guaranteed. I have got to get the hell out of here. So I was running away from, I wasn't running toward, I was getting out. I didn't know what was on the other side. So the courageous moment there's several of them. The biggest one for me, I think, or maybe the first one was when you realize you are a phony, when you realize that you are not the person that you're showing up being every day and that, that people would talk to me and they, and I'd be thinking to myself, when are you going to be out of here so I can go home and do what I want to do? When is this going to be over? And it's funny when you say courage for me, in a way, even though I call myself a courage coach, it wasn't about having the courage to go. It was saying, if I stay, this will eat me alive. Well, you had the courage to not continue to be in pain. Yes. Like, I know it sounds counterintuitive, and I know women listening right now, some of you are probably not connecting with what I'm saying. So let me give you an example. I see that all the time. And I'm sure you see that as well, Sherry, is you get on the phone with somebody who wants to work with you, right, for consultation. And then they tell you their whole story and the tears comes out like they're in pain. And they're suffering. Yet, I'm going to say something here, they haven't suffered enough. Right. To have the courage to surmount those fears with another set of fear, the fear of the unknown. And to say like, I can't deal with this fear of pain anymore. I'd rather be the fear of the unknown. If, does that make sense? Yes. But you found that courage to say like, this pain, I don't want it anymore. I'd rather have those fear because it was scary. Like it was as, as fearful, I guess, the unknown. I know it was for me. Yes, yes, yes. And it's, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but what the hell, we're among friends. Yeah. This was a long time ago, but I used to smoke cigarettes. Me too. Did you? Oh my yes. God. We, we have all kinds of bonds, don't we? Yes. And when I finally quit, I just quit because I had had enough. I had had enough of waking up and feeling like there was some, I had swallowed six Brillo pads and they were preventing me from breathing. And I had had enough of smelling like crap. And I had had enough of brushing my teeth so nobody knew I smoked all of it. And when you finally have enough, you're done and you just know. But it's not easy. Like, (laughs) so, so here's what I hear all the time also is in those same consultation or, or webinar 
women are like, well, it's too scary. I'm going to wait till it's not scary. And it doesn't fear, like I don't feel as much fear. Then I'll know it's the right time to start transforming. Is that the right approach? No, I wish, I wish it were. I wish I could make everything easy. I wish I could make us not have to pay income taxes too, but you know, I'll call you when I get that figured out. No. And there's waves of the scariness, but here's the first thing. I think that the first step is hard because it is the first step, but I also think, I don't think I know because I've been, I've been there when the next thing comes up and tries to knock you off the horse, you've got the experience of having done it the first time Hmm. and you can tap down into that, that reserve of, well, damn, the last thing didn't kill me and this won't either. (laughs) And here's the thing for me, the thing, and maybe for you, I don't know, you'll have to say what your, what your experience was. I couldn't do it alone. I had to have a coach I had to have a colleague. I had to have someone that would stand next to me and hold my hand and say, I know you think there's a scary monster in the closet and I'm going to open up the door and show you that it's not there. Are you ready? And that's essential. Absolutely. So I had it actually to answer that question. I had a team of people like I had a health coach. I had a naturopath. I, at the time I was doing hypnotherapy in that like period of deciding to not sign at the time I was being proposed a job with Walmart. I was a retail executive. And at the time I remember I had the contract and all I had to do was put my name on the bottom. And I like, it was that moment. I had three people that I was working with to help me through that decision. And it can be, a I didn't have a community, but I had three people. Yeah. But the power of that was to help me find that courage. Yes. And help you to not chicken out. Yeah. I mean, we can all be excused. We've all had false starts. When I said, when I quit smoking, I quit smoking, but it wasn't the first time. Hmm. It wasn't the first time out of the shoot. There were times before that when I said, you know what? I think, I think this isn't serving me. I think I need to let this go. And that happened with people around me too. When I'd say to my friends, you know what, if I try to bum a cigarette off of you, this is important to me. Please just say no. You've got to have support. Absolutely. So you got to share what you're trying to achieve as well, which is in your case was a new career. So how was the transition once you made that decision of moving out of the advertising entrepreneurial space and starting fork in the road? How was that transition? The transition was one of the bigger challenges that I've faced. And by that, I don't mean that it was hard or painful. I made the promise and commitment to myself that I was going to do it with class and grace. I had a business partner that I had not been seeing eye to eye with for quite some time, which was part of what precipitated the decision. And I decided that no matter what happened, that I was taking the high road, that I would walk out of it with my head high. And by that, I meant not for anybody else other than me. Just like those moments when we're alone, when we know we're doing the right thing. The person with the integrity is the one that does the right thing when nobody's around to see it. And I made the commitment to myself that I would be that person. So I created something that was bigger than me 
to get me through. And being that bigger person is the thing that let me get through it. Really, I won't say I sailed through it because there was certainly you know rough patches and it took longer than I thought and all of that, but I made it through and I have not looked back. I have not been sorry. I have, And I have a good relationship now with my former business partner. So there is a happy ending. And this is one of my favorite expressions. It always turns out okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Brilliant. That is true. You always think it's the end, but when you get re-anchored in yourself, you realize that's just another bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Or a fork. Or a fork <laughs> in a road. <laughs> so, Sherry, you help women make courageous choices with the business of fork in a road. And... One of the other components that's really interesting about what you do, and also we'll talk about the conference you're putting together for women, is you're helping find fulfillment in women's life. Yes. It's a big trendy word, right? Finding your fulfillment and having a fulfilled life. What does that mean? Okay, so... When we started in the beginning and I said, you know, it it takes guts to live the second half of your life for you, the fulfillment thing, I think gets chipped away when we're younger because we are told we're supposed to fit into a certain mold, whether that mold is a role, wife and mother, what, you know, whatever. And not everybody wants to be a wife. Not everybody wants to be a mother. Not everybody wants to have a certain kind of a body or have a certain kind of a career, but we especially those of us who are, I'm a baby boomer. So those of us who were raised in a certain period of time in in culture and society, we're told that this is, this is our lot in life. This is our path. This is what we're supposed to want. This is what success looks like. And so we then lose track of what our real connection might be. For me, even as an example, like um, I wanted to be a teacher And nobody ever told me, nobody ever said these words, but this was the words that I surmised or heard or figured out. Honey, that's nice that you want to be a teacher, but teachers don't make a lot of money. So if you want to be successful and if you want to have nice things, you need to go into a business career. And so again, it wasn't said that way, but the same thing has happened with friends of mine who have artistic abilities or creative Yeah, that's great. You want to be a dancer. Do you know how many would-be dancers there are in Hollywood? All of those things are told to us. So we sell out on our dreams or maybe we don't sell them completely out, but we compromise or we will make ourselves happy with something else or convince ourselves that we're happy. But here's the thing, that spark, you can put a tarp over it, but the pilot light is still on and that spark is still going to be there no matter what. And if you deny it over a long enough period of time, either you will build resentment and addiction, anger, become unpleasant, just be a bitch, (laughs) or you've got to chase down whatever the current version is of what you need to be fulfilled. And that is my truth. And that's why we eat. Yes. Right. When you say addiction, right, I don't I don't speak a lot of addiction because I don't necessarily believe in in the model, but you compensate with food when you don't have fulfillment in your life. Mm -hmm. And I want to emphasize that and maybe ask you the question. Right. So as women, 
North American society teaches us that we go to school, we graduate, we get married, we have two kids, we get the house, we get the car, right? That's what most of us are told that that's condition, condition right? But there is women who find fulfillment in that. Sure. Absolutely. How do we know, like, am I living my fulfilled life or not? I have several exercises that I do with my clients to actually get at that. And one that's very simple that we could actually do now if people aren't driving. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the PSA. (laughs) Because it, it it involves closing your eyes. And it's a very simple exercise. And I will do it with you now. And I will invite you first to take a deep breath in. And then a deep exhale. And if you would do that one more time to make sure we got out the cobwebs. And then exhale. And with your eyes closed, if you would take your right hand and place it directly over your heart. And now take your left hand and place it on top of your right. And now with all of the truth that you know is in the depths of your being and in your soul, ask your heart because your heart has not been asked for a very long time. What do you want? What do you really, truly want? And then be quiet. And listen for the answer. And the answer won't take long. The answer for some of us comes very quickly. It might be one word. It might be a sentence. It could be a paragraph. It doesn't matter. For me, when I did that exercise in 2009, when I was 53 years old and working with a business partner who I didn't see eye to eye with, my word was freedom. I knew I needed to have the freedom to run a business that was conducted with the integrity and ethics that were important to me. I knew that I needed the freedom to be able to do what I wanted to do and be who I wanted to be. And it became a word I couldn't get away from. And so if you've done that exercise with us today and a word came to you, that is the beginning of your heart reopening itself to you. And I would encourage you to listen to that. So that's where I start. That's a very good exercise. And two words came up to me right away. And I know for the women listening, the same thing happened. Trust those words. They may be scary, but that's your intuition, your soul speaking to you. That's what we tap into with this beautiful exercise. Yes, exactly. And there are lots of things like that. And and they can be that easy. It doesn't have to be a surgical procedure. It doesn't have to be some big, magnificent thing that you have to go to a mountaintop to learn. It's all within you. And that, that ladies, took courage. Mm-hmm. Looking inside takes courage. And so you've just flexed a muscle. You're a little stronger than you were that before we started speaking on this interview today. You've got more than you started with. Just keep building on that. Absolutely. And that, that, to what you said, the courage to look within, often that's the cause of emotional eating. 
the cause is that fear of not looking within. So when we look at the wave of emotion, emotional eating comes in when we're forced to feel within. So just doing this will prevent your eating behavior that you so desperately try to change by connecting within. Thank you for the exercise. You're very welcome. Now, I know that life also, like the model of woman's life and the human experience also has kind of a a part of our life, our, our midlife crisis, our second phase of our life that kind of, for women who haven't looked within, kind of forces that in our path. Am I correct? Uh, well, we we speak that language. I'm not sure that I agree with it being a crisis. Yes. It's a midlife midpoint. Yep. And it so, encourages us to move to questioning those desire within. We could also view it as a midlife checkpoint. Here's what I do. When I read a book, and there are people that don't have this philosophy, this is mine. When I buy a book and I really like to read fiction or I like to read self-help, I like to read all kinds of books, and I sit down and start reading it, if it doesn't engage me, I keep going to a certain point, but there's a point when I have to jump off. It's like I'm in or I got to get out. And so if we view this period in our life as this is a checkpoint, this is a check-in, I'm not going to read the rest of this stupid book. I could sell it at half price books and buy a new one that's meant for me. Why would I waste all these hours reading this book? Same thing with our lives. It's not a crisis. You didn't make a mistake. You're not wrong. You're not bad. It's just time to evaluate and say, hmm, should I keep going or should I skip to the end and see how this thing ends up? Absolutely. And that is in the world of medicine, what we call menopause, right? Where everything within shift as women and that we see through hormonal change, we lose our period, we, we end our capacity to generate life, right? And that is what we refer to as, quote, the midlife point. And for most women, if you haven't done that check-in before, the hormones, the neurotransmitter, the bodily will kind of push you in a direction of checking in. Yes. And that's probably that period of time for you at 53. Am I correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's a beautiful time, just like we celebrated getting our periods. I mean, it was like, that was like, you felt like you had arrived. And for me, I was like the last girl on the block to get the period. And I was like 16 years old, everybody else. I pretended I had a period, but I really didn't because I didn't want to be the only one. I didn't want anybody knowing that I was like left out. And so when it finally happened, it's like celebrate. So why wouldn't we celebrate the next phase? It's just as beautiful. It's just as natural. And it's just as much as something we can't do anything about it anyway, ladies. So let's embrace it. Have you read Dr. Christian Northrop menopause book? I love a lot of her books. Yes. She is a fabulous role model for us. So if you're listening right now, and you are in that period of your life, where hormones are going in and you're losing your period and that is happening and you're also starting to question what we're talking about here, right? Your fulfillment in your life. I would highly recommend that you read Dr. Christian Northrop Menopause. 
book because it talks exactly to what we're speaking, both the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual part of that phase of our life, that midpoint check-in of our life. Now, you also have a conference that you're putting together, an event that you're putting together for women at that stage of our life where we are asking those questions. Can you talk a little bit about this for our listener? Absolutely. So it's an online event. It's called It's Your Time. And it is all about the process of midlife. And I say the the subtext on that is turning the midlife crisis into your midlife awakening, because I don't believe it to be a crisis at all. And what I've done is I've selected experts that I admire and personally respect. And Stephanie, you are one of those. Thank you for saying yes to me. And we're going to be addressing topics. Some of them are going to be the obvious topics. When you talk about midlife, obviously, I'm going to have somebody talking about hormones. We're going to be talking about exercise and how it it needs to change as our bodies change and that certain things that we used to do in our 20s, we might be better served by doing another kind of exercise. But we'll also be talking about things like betrayal and relationships and finances and caring for elders and the kinds of issues that are unique to us at this point in our lives as well that also impact the other decisions we make, i.e., what do we eat? How do we comfort ourselves? How does this all fit together? Because at the end of the day, as we know, Stephanie, and I think many of the listeners are now kind of waking up to, it's all interrelated. Mm-hmm. All of it. And we know that, that any one of those topics is a kiss and cousin to this one sitting next to it on the table of contents. So I'm really excited. This will be my fifth interview series. And every time I do it, I walk away learning more and more and more. And just when I think I know it all, no, no, no. I'll interview somebody else that will bring me something new and enlightening. So I really hope that everyone listening will feel free to join us. And I would invite all the listeners that this topic is either in your time right now or upcoming for you. So you have this information and it's totally free. You can get the link to register for free at our show notes. So stephaniedozy.com slash 188. And in there you will find the link to register and it's start on, when does it start? May 1st, May 1st. entire month of May. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. So register before that so that you catch it all. I've done it so that there's one interview per day through the month of May. On the weekends, I will double up. There might be a couple extra experts because we, we tend to have a little bit more time. But as I said, the topics are wild and varied. And I promise you, there will be some experts that you have heard of and many that you have not because I selected some experts that on purpose had brought new voices and new information to the front. So I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm a pioneer and an innovator. Yeah. And this is something that we all need. It's coming in our life that it is happening now, or it is happening in five or 10 years. Let's get this information in our mind, our body and our soul. So we can start moving towards it with pleasure and anticipation, positivity instead of midlife crisis and drama. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) Where do we find your work? How do the people listening, they're going to register, obviously, for the conference, but what else can they find from you on the internet? Or where can they find you? 
Oh, what a great question. So I have a website, of course. Yeah. You can Google Sherry Clark Fork in the Road, or the URL is fork, F-O-R-K, hyphen, road, R-O-A-D.com. So go there, and I have lots of resources there. I also, for the last five years, I have been a subject matter expert on a television show here in the Des Moines market. It's on an ABC affiliate. I've also had my own television show. And so all of the rebroadcasts of a couple hundred episodes that I've done are on my YouTube channel. And you can find that by just, again, YouTubing Fork in the Road and Sherry Clark. And that's all free content. So I'm in several different places. I've been doing Facebook Lives. I challenged myself. So we're always... You go, girl. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's It's scary. I'm on the end of my second week. I said I would do it two weeks. It was a Valentine's Day present to my followers. I may or may not continue. I don't know. We might have to have a chat after we conclude this interview. You might have to talk me off the side of the list. <laughs> but so I do things there. So, uh, you know, please do stalk me. Please do follow me. And most importantly, I love it when people reach out and tell me, hey, something that you said made me think of something else or disagree with me. I don't care. Just tell me what's on your mind because that, and I know, Stephanie, you feel the same way. It's how we stay current and relevant how we know what you, we, I know what I'm going through, but what are you going through? What can you tell me that might change my perspective? We're all learning. Absolutely. So bring it on. And people can work one-on-one with you. Do you do any other program? I do. I have several different programs. I do one-on-one coaching. I also have a year-long group coaching program called Road to a New You. And I've just started a little six-week program. It's like a little sampler, a taste program. And that's also available. So if there's something that you see and you're curious about, just reach out and ask me. Perfect. Thank you very much, Sherry. (laughs) Thank you for having me. That's an internal joke with the name thing. Thank you very much for being with us and we'll see you on the online conference. It's your time. Bye-bye. There you have it, ladies. I hope you learn as much from this interview as I did. And I really want you to do this quick exercise that Sherry taught us on how to discover fulfillment in your life. Because for many of us, and I know that was my case before I collapsed on stage, I didn't have fulfillment in my life. I was living my life based on what the external world wanted me to live, not on what I truly desired to be, to feel, and to have my life purpose expressed. So go back and do this exercise. That's your homework for today. And I... We'll see you on the next show. I got a great interview coming up for you with Dr. Joy Martina about transformation and how we can embrace transformation and it doesn't have to be as difficult as we make it to be. So I love you. Looking forward to hang out with you again on the next episode.